I do believe with the chemicals out there and the distance that they drift, this is not like who won the argument. The chemicals out there, by the time you realize really how bad it is to say that, gee, I guess the guy was right, we'll probably all have irreversible things. Cancer birth defects will be sterile. You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gervais. Hello and welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm Carol Gervais. I am a certified holistic nutritionist and the host of the show. At Food Integrity Now, we like to investigate and explore what's happening in our food supply so that you can make wise decisions for your health and for your family's health. And I'd like to give a big shout out to Ben Sound Music for our intro and outro music. Hello everyone, my guest today is Dr. Lauren Pang. Dr. Pang was born and raised in Honolulu. He's an honors graduate from Princeton University with degree in chemistry and received both an MD and master's public health degree from Tulane University. He is a board certification in preventative medicine. He's worked for 20 years with the U.S. Army's Walter Reed Overseas Research Laboratories assigned to Bangkok, Rio de Janeiro, and Geneva, where he was working on developing drugs and diagnostics for tropical diseases. He was a consultant to the World Health Organization from 1985 to 2005. He retired and moved to Maui as a district's health officer in 2000. He has about six dozen publications in peer-reviewed medical journals covering rabies, HIV, malaria, hepatitis C, and most recently, dengue. In 2007 to 2009, he was selected to America's Best Doctor listing, which is only 3% of the nation's physicians. Since 2013, he has been a reviewer for research proposals for Congress, a consultant to the International Group Developing Drugs for Neglected Diseases, and a visiting professor for Medicine, Federal University of Brasilia. Hi, it's Carol. I am the host and founder of Food Integrity Now, as well as a certified holistic nutritionist. And we only support products that we believe have high integrity. We are proud to announce that we will be supporting a new company called True Bonnie that was started by an amazing food activist, Bonnie Hari. Their first product is a daily turmeric supplement. And what I love about this product, it's not only organic and non-GMO, it also has a certification that it's glyphosate residue free and contains no heavy metals. Turmeric is a powerful root that has been used for centuries in Ayurvedic and traditional Chinese medicine as a treatment for inflammatory disorders. And when you think about the rise of autoimmune and inflammatory diseases in this country, this timing is perfect. It also has been shown to promote weight loss, supports brain health, and I could go on and on. To purchase this amazing turmeric, you can either go to the show page or go to foodintegritynow.org and you will find it under products.
Dr. Pang, welcome to Food Integrity Now. Thank you. I'm glad to be on board. Well, I am really thrilled to have you on our show today. And ever since I heard you speak at the Institute of Sustainable Nutrition in Connecticut, I've been really wanting to have you on the show as a guest. And at that talk, you were with two of your colleagues who I admire and who I've had on the show, Dr. Stephanie Senoff and Dr. Don Huber. And both of them shared information in their field on GMOs and glyphosate, and that was wonderful and important information. But when you got up and spoke, I was very intrigued because what you were talking about is something I had never really thought about as it pertains to what is happening to us as individuals with the use of the open-air use of pesticides. And in that talk, you focus on the issue of spraying, but more importantly, on human experimentation. So that I think that's a good place to start. Can you share with our listeners why you feel that there is human experimentation going on and kind of the principles of human experimentation? Okay. From my point of view, ever since I finished medical school, I have been involved in human experimentation. Uh, classically, for the World Health Organization, we used to test drugs, vaccines, and diagnostics against diseases, infectious diseases. So that was human experimentation. And now the public, you all have a feeling of what it is. Um, somebody gets cancer. They enter into a human experiment, a cancer chemotherapy trial. But for the record, human experimentation is simply doing something experimental, unknown, not fully known. You might know a little bit. You might not know the efficacy. You might not know the side effects. So you don't really know carefully what you're doing. Uh, And then it's on humans. Well, that's good. Human experimentation is wonderful. That's how we move science forward. But if you do it in the wrong way, without informed consent, unfairly, unjustly, it's horrible. Uh, You might think of this as organ trafficking. Uh, Now, uh, the transplant of an organ is wonderful. That's scientifically wonderful. But if you do it with informed consent, and Facebook is trying to match up people real quickly, that's just wonderful. You quickly match the people. If you do it without informed consent, that's organ trafficking. And that's horrible. So it's how you do it. So I claim that this issue of the pesticides used for the GMO crops, as well as the GMO food, if you don't label it and I'm not informed about it and I can't make a good decision, that's experiment. That's an experiment which you better tighten up the rules and regulation. There are rules when you are dealing with human experimentation, and I think they now apply to GM foods and the pesticides that are sprayed to support them. Well, when you're talking about consent, you know, we've all heard of informed consent, and you're familiar with with how this works. So explain that a little bit to our listeners. Okay. When I'm going or somebody's going to expose a human to something not fully known, either the efficacy, whether or not it cures your cancer, or the side effects, uh, it might cure your cancer, but I don't know the side effects. You need informed consent. Two parts to it, right? Informed 
and the consent. In the information, I have to tell you what I'm going to do, who's going to do it, are they qualified. I'm going to have to tell you the best we know of the benefits and the, the side effects. I'm going to have to tell you who's going to take care of you in case you get a side effect. I'm going to have to tell you what has been done already. Like, I'm not starting with you. I did it in animals. I've done it in other humans, yes or no. I'm going to have to tell you the alternatives. Like, if you don't want this chemotherapy, well, there's that one, and then there's nothing. I'm going to have to tell you the risk and benefits of the alternatives. And then that's, there's other stuff about information, especially if you're the high-risk group, like pregnant women or young children or prisoners. And then I need your consent. Now that I told you about this, and I do it in your language, uh, you understand, you prove that you understand, you have to give written informed, written in consent to enter. I'm going to have to inform you that you can quit at any time for whatever reason. I'm going to have to tell you that when you consent, there is no enticement, financial or mm, any other enticement, like I'll help out with your family, I'll give you shoes or something. And there is no coercion. If you don't consent, Carol, I'm not going to be your doctor anymore. Holy cow. Also, I don't have to say that, Carol, if we're face-to-face -face and I'm trying to bring you into a chemotherapy trial because you have cancer and I just look at you the wrong way, holy cow, that stink eye is coercion. In fact, when you ask me, well, gee, Dr. Pang, uh, will you be my doctor like before if I don't join this trial? If I pause too long, that's coercion. So it's very tricky how this is. But okay, so that's inform and then this consent part. Don't forget, you can quit anytime you want. If today, tomorrow you have a stomach ache after I started the, the treatment, uh, and you say, you know what, can I kind of pull out because I have a stomach ache? I don't get to call you unscientific. I don't get to call you stupid. I don't get to say, well, maybe it's from the dinner you ate. That's a little bit harassment. You can pull out for whatever reason. Also, if you don't want to enroll, like classically when I was working overseas, a lot of people said, thank you, Dr. Pang, uh, for doing this human experimentation in this ethical manner. But you know what? Can you do it on someone else first? <laughs> That's called, like, not in my backyard. That's a perfectly legitimate argument. I don't get to say, well, how selfish can you be? I don't, I don't get to say that, okay? Right. So that's informed consent. Okay. Let's move on then. Yeah. We've kind of discussed okay. about the experimentation and the informed consent. So how yes. does all this apply to what's happening with the aerial spraying of these pesticides? Okay. I just want to say when you bring up informed consent, the whole issue started with the Nuremberg trials. Nazi doctors did unethical things, and they were put on trial after the Second World War, uh, 21 of them. A third were hung, executed, a third life imprisonment, and a third, they were kind of like pardoned. I guess they, their involvement wasn't so bad. So if you want some teeth behind this, it's not me making this up, the Nuremberg trials, the Nuremberg Code. Okay, what does this have to do with pesticide spraying into the atmosphere? I brought up this issue. I thought that was enough argument to convince us that your chemicals that we don't know anything about in combination. Now, 
<clears throat> I have to take a little step back here. Okay. When we test a chemical on a person, drug or, or a pesticide, we kind of know what the chemical does. We hope to know what it does, a drug or a pesticide. And we test it on animals, and we know the dose, and we know the chronic effects and all that stuff. But it is a medical principle that when you use two or more pharmacologically active drugs, chemicals, that, you know, affect your body, you start from ground zero. You consider it a new entity. Now, they did this to me, and I'm glad they did it to me. I took two very safe antimalarial compounds, and I combined, and combined them to get some extra efficacy. And I had to start from ground zero about the toxicity. Okay, It's not a new chemical. It's not like sodium chloride gives you some sodium chloride. It's giving two different drugs at the same time because the pharmacological effects, say detoxification, might overlap. We have seen this repeatedly. The pharmacological effects means you are you don't know what the combination is, and you better study it for uh, synergistic toxicity. Okay. I'm not saying you make a new chemical. All right. Okay. Now they are spraying upon us 85 chemicals. Really, it was under court order. These are pharmacologically active pesticides intended to kill or enhance killing, killing all kinds of pests, plant, insects, fungi. And how many of the combinations have they tested? With 85 chemicals, pairwise, triplet, quadruplet, there are a trillion, trillion, a trillion times a trillion combinations. How many have you tested? Zero. Now, Dr. Seralini started to test pairwise and he found synergistic toxicity. One of the pairs is glyphosate, your Roundup. The other chemical was a formulating compound, a surfactant intended to enhance killing. Synergistic. Yeah, well, that's pairwise. There are trillion, trillion combinations, all untested. We brought this up to the EPA. Do you not think you should test the combinations? They said yes. Okay. So what's your answer, guys? You're spraying this on us. You, they said, well, we test each single component. I said, I know that. I know you test each single component for the threshold health levels, the distance it can drift. But what about the combinations? Well, we haven't done that. Wow. So you're unleashing on us something totally unknown, totally experimental, and now I think we need informed consent. Of who? Of all the people downwind. Whoa. Carol, when I said this to my own group, you know, some activists and mm-hmm. anti-GMO people. They said, whoa, whoa, I don't know if we want to be on your, your team anymore, Dr. Pang. Um, there's something intrinsically different between the Nuremberg trials, dosing prisoners one by one, versus spraying an entire community, maybe not intentionally, but yes, it drifts. That can't be, can't, that you're extrapolating too far. My own lawyers who said this. Good lawyers. Well, Carol... There's another piece of information we all need to study. It's called the Cold War Hearings, 1994 U.S. Congress. They reviewed what the U.S. had done 30 years prior. It was all secret for 30 years to U.S. and Canadian populations. The U.S. released over urban and rural populations, dozens of populations. They released chemicals. They released biologics. They release radiation. I just want to talk about chemicals. They release a chemical from the air and from the ground 
I just want to talk about from the ground because that's how pesticides in Hawaii are released, from the ground. And they showed that depending on the wind, it could spread 100 miles in a couple days. They released a single chemical, zinc cadmium sulfate, and it spread 100 miles in a couple days. Okay, 100 miles. Any combinations? No, they just released a single chemical. And what did the U.S. Congress, when they discovered this had been done 30 years later, what was their opinion of this? It was done by the U.S. military and contracting universities. They said that you failed to follow the codes of the Nuremberg, tra the Nuremberg trap. Where is the informed consent? And General, I think his name was Creasy, who was still living, said, well, I knew I couldn't get it. On everybody downwind, come on, you're kidding. So I just did it secretly. Well, I think they had a very, they kind of, it was so blatant. You can read the minutes. Uh, they said that essentially cart before the horse. Just because mm -hmm. you can't do it doesn't mean it shouldn't have been done. That's unethical, number one. Number two, they said that when you expose a community, that's nothing more than con exposing a bunch of individuals and you didn't get informed consent. If they all gave consent, good. But if two of them said no, well, you got to exclude those two. Just like I exclude you from the cancer chemotherapy trial if you said no, well, it's on the win. So I guess you can't do it, okay? They actually said, maybe you could have excluded those people. Move them out of the way of the spray while you sprayed. Okay, they sprayed once, they traveled 100 miles. Our pesticides in Hawaii, it's released maybe several times a week. The half-life is two to two weeks to two months. You keep bombarding us. It's drifting guaranteed 100 miles, okay? And what have we got? All the guys downwind, essentially that's a whole island. Did you get informed consent from anybody? No, no. Is this experimental? Absolutely. None of your combinations, trillion, trillion, have been tested, really. Hmm. Hard to give informed consent, yeah? If you get information, you inform the public and you tell them, oh, by the way, this has not, no combination has been tested on an animal. Hmm. Furthermore, the Congress said you know the military, U.S. military, and the Nazi Germanys? They said, you know what? This is, you shouldn't try us for unethical practices. This is the national security. Win the war. And in the Cold War, national security. The Congress, 1994, said that's not a valid reason. Also, science is not a valid reason. Uh, human experimentation, very important scientifically. That's how we move science forward. But when you don't get informed consent, and I just did it because the science was so wonderful, that's not a reason. All of your stuff you did, U.S. military, you did it for eight years following the Nuremberg trials, all unethical. Furthermore, they said that no institution in the U.S. or Nazi Germany, not the courts, not the legal system, not the lawyers, not the medical community, will protect the public or the communities against this kind of abuse. Hey, that's pretty interesting. So what did the U.S. Congress say in 1994? Who's gonna protect us from this kind of repeated activity? Yeah, it's human experimentation on a mass scale. The regulatory agencies all said, 16 of them said, we will do it. We will honor and respect informed consent. We will make sure no one is coerced or enticed. We will make sure people can stop at any time. The EPA said they would do it. The USDA said they would do it. FDA said they would do it, et cetera, et cetera. 
When we had our hearing in Maui to try to control the pesticide for GMO crops, who said, or allowed to be said in our hearing, if you don't, we don't have this corporate agriculture in Maui, that contributes $700 million per year to the Hawaii economy. Furthermore, on a personal level, Dr. Pang, Uncle Joe's job, hey, that's your uncle, depends on working for this company. No more us, no more job. That's enticement and coercion, okay? And who stood by and let the UH Medical School make these arguments? The EPA. Didn't the EPA said they would honor informed consent without coercion or enticement? I guess they forgot. Doesn't the EPA, 1975, a chemical banned in California for ag, it kills some insect or something. Uh, They allowed it to be used, continued use in pineapple in Hawaii. Why? Because if you don't use this, your pineapple crop is going to lose $4 million per year. That's enticement. I think the EPA has forgotten the rule. Hmm. The rule is called the common rule. That's informed consent. That's short for common federal rule. Well, I feel like I have to hold my tongue right now when you talk about the EPA. I think they know what they're doing, but they're, um, they're being bought. But did the U.S. Congress, way back in 1994, when they were so happy to condemn the military and the universities for what had been done 30 years, and the EPA said, oh, we'll do it, did the U.S. Congress actually said, hey, can you be bought? Actually, you know, Carol, if you want to really make a point, they said that national security and science will not overrule a person's right not to be experimented on without informed consent. I call it WIC, without informed consent. Nobody said, hey, and how about money? How about corporate money? You're right. Let's go resurface this before all the international agencies which honor informed consent and say, oh, by the way, uh, uh, yeah, national security and science aren't, aren't trumping this issue, but how about money? Maybe we should do it. Maybe we should do it. And, you know, I, I dare them to say, oh, yeah, money, money will overrule your right. Finally, I was yelled at by my own group, <laughs> my own group, oh, gee, Dr. Pang, don't talk so much about individual rights. Really? Yeah, because next thing you know, you'll be talking about the right to own guns. You know, there's all kinds of rights. So I did present to them one slide to put this in perspective. Okay. I did my okay. studies. I, I tested drugs and diagnostics in refugees. There were refugees from Myanmar holed up in Thailand. I did informed consent. The refugees lose a lot of rights. You don't have the right to own a gun, drive a car. You don't have a right to vote. I don't think you have right too much to free speech. But they did not lose the right for experimentation with, without informed consent. Okay? Prisoners, Joliet Prison, 1950s, Chicago. We wanted to inject malaria in them so we could test treating them for malaria. The malaria wasn't the severe one, but we wanted, we didn't want to get malaria patients in the, on the borders. We just wanted to inject prisoners. Our prisoners lose a lot of rights, but they do not lose the right experimentation without informed consent. And so we said, hey, look, the prisoners gave informed consent. They said, well, no matter what you tell us, no matter what they signed, that's tacit coercion. The warden was watching. But uh, uh, the what is called probation parole guys were watching. Oh, did you volunteer? 
oh, maybe it will affect your probation and parole. So prisoners lose a lot of rights, but not WIC, in, in experimentation WIC. Finally, you should know that the Nazi doctors themselves, before execution, mm, Dr. Brandt, in charge of the program, said, I would like to give my body, not his, not his live body, but his dead body, to science, and they put the bag over his head and they hung him. You cannot even do to others what they have done to other people. So this right not to be experimented on, WIC, is a very high priority right. And recently, in the U.S. news, you and I know this, right? Killing, not killing, but capital punishment, injecting prisoners, executing them with injecting drugs. Well, some of them don't work so well. It's slow and it's torture. Oh, my God, we need new drugs to kill them quickly and humanely. Well, why don't we just experiment it on them? They're due to be executed. You can't even experiment, it, even if they give informed consent. You can't experiment on them uh, when the intended use is to execute them quickly and humanely. You get the idea. This is a high-order right. I ask people, can you... Whether or not you believe in gun rights, whether or not you believe in immigration of, from Muslim countries, whether or not all the nuances of the Me Too movement, the rights, you know, I have my rights abused because I'm female or elderly or something, this is a high-order right. And I've written to other people, while you're at it, why don't you consider this one? Oh, no answer so far. Now, is this the Cold War experiment, releasing one chemical? No, you're releasing 85 chemicals and a trillion, trillion combination, so it's a lot worse. In Hawaii, they're going to give us a buffer zone of 100 feet uh, based on many experiments, pesticides, as well as the Cold War experiment where they release a single chemical. I think the real distance is 100 miles, not 100 feet. And then uh, two times, um, people, you need informed consent and if I get it for a cancer chemotherapy trial, some people said yes, some people said no. Some people said they want to wait. Some people quit after they got sick. That's good, individual. But there's two times where when a couple of people say no, the answer is no. One is when it's on the wind. If two people downwind said no, and I can't protect those people because I keep spraying every week forever, then the answer is no, unless I buy, out, buy them out and move them. The other time is what I abided by. I was in Bangladesh. I was going to test a live vaccine for Shigella. 2% of the village said no. 98% said yes. The village headman said, well, why don't we just do it? 98% said yes. I said, no. It's a live vaccine. It's going to spread to them. The answer is no. Now, I don't like a double standard. When I abide by these rules, I abide by the rules of combine, combining different chemicals, and all of a sudden, somebody's not abiding by the rule, and all of a sudden, the EPA seems to have forgotten the common rule and informed consent, and that you cannot be coerced or enticed financially. So, I'm about to, well, I've put up YouTube sites looking at this angle. I don't think this is the angle. I think this is a major point of view. Now. What have I heard back from the, the company? What have, uh, what have I heard back from the EPA? Of course they heard my talk. You know what they said? Uh, gee, Dr. Pang, 85 chemicals. Hmm. 
sounds like a banana to me. A banana, 85 chemicals, or a beef stew. Why did you get informed consent for beef stew? Hmm. Or eating a banana? Well, how many pharmacologically active chemicals are in beef stew? Many. Many are nutrients, yes. But are they all intended to kill or enhance killing? No. Okay, but suppose I didn't know. Some of that beef stew stuff, oh, that could have been dangerous. You know what? Is it totally unknown, beef stew? Well, not anymore. We've been eating beef stew, so I kind of know what it is. I don't think it's experimental. Yeah, I don't think it's experimental. But the first guy to eat beef stew, like the first guy to eat an oyster, yeah, I think you need informed consent. But now that we know what it is, I don't think you need, it's kind of known, and we can get informed consent. Furthermore, it's beef stew. It's not on the wind. If you don't think we have enough knowledge of beef stew or banana, then don't eat it, okay? You can choose to opt out there. Now, when it's on the wind and the combinations are totally untested, and, whoa, haven't we, we, we've been using them 20 years? Yeah, but when you first used it, you didn't know. Then it's a different thing. Two guys downwind can't opt out. And finally, this is what the industry and EPA says. No harm has been shown. Yeah, I know. That's the definition of experimentation. We don't know. By the time you show harm and you continue to do it, that's a crime. That's not experimentation. That no harm has been shown. Does that mean I get to the cancer chemotherapy test on you without informed consent because no harm has been shown? Yeah, that's why I'm doing an experiment, to show harm. That's the most backwards argument I ever heard. But it has a certain ring to it, doesn't it, Carol? Yeah. No harm has been shown. Yeah, that's 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 uh, misleading. Misleading. So, how well received? Uh, I think I know the answer to this. I, I know you you've been doing lots of talks at um, different organizations. Is that true? With with yes. this information, I, what what's the consensus? When okay. you give a talk. Almost everybody agrees, but like you, Carol, a lot of people said, this never occurred to me. <laughs> okay, it's kind of new, but yes. I think everybody has agreed, except the company who talked about beef stew, yes. the EPA, which talked about bananas. Right. Um, but most of the, I think all of the people agree. I think all of the people agree. Now, this is not some word game we're playing, like immigration. Of, from Muslim countries. I do believe with the chemicals out there and the distance that they drift, this is not like who won the argument. The chemicals out there, by the time you realize really how bad it is to say that, gee, I guess the guy was right, we'll probably all have irreversible things. Cancer, birth defects, or be sterile. Okay? Yes. Okay. Now, I think you're playing with fire here. It is true. It is true. Many of the chemicals in our body are from plastics. Well, Chief Pang wanted to go get informed consent for plastics. You know what? Suppose, Carol, suppose I enter you in a cancer chemotherapy trial, and you said, bring it on. I don't mind. And now I spray pesticides on you, and God tells you pesticides aren't as bad as Pang's chemotherapy. And I say, well, gee, Carol's willing to take the cancer chemotherapy, so why doesn't she just take the pesticides I do just because you give away your right 
for informed consent in one aspect, smoking, secondhand smoking, cancer chemotherapy, doesn't mean you give it away in all aspects. Yep. So that's what I told the EPA. Don't tell me that the population's already at risk for chemicals from plastics. So what's a few trillion more? Um, yeah, that's like uh, yeah. throwing um, fuel on the fire. Yes, two wrongs don't make a right. Or a trillion, trillion wrongs don't make a right. So, so really, Carol, um, every time you look, there's a trillion, trillion untested combinations. That's one heck of an experiment. Oh, one more thing we've heard. One more thing we've heard by some very prominent people. I won't name them. Agriculture people from Penn State. You know who you are. Mm -hmm. But Dr. Pang's right. A lot of this stuff is unknown, a trillion, trillion. Well, they're not all bad. Okay, let's say only one out of a trillion. It's a trillion times a trillion. So you've increased my risk by a trillion fold. They're not all bad. Sometimes chemical combinations balance out each other. They block the toxic effects. Great. Half of them, let's say. Half of them do, half of them don't. Well, okay, it's not all bad. So I gave you a combination, Carol. You know what? It's not all bad. It's good for your heart and bad for your kidneys. So it's neutral, right? <laughs> what? It's good for your heart. I made your heart better. Your heart was okay already. But it's bad for your kidney. But well, I killed you. Hey, I thought you said it was neutral. Yeah, good for your heart, bad for your kidney. Yeah, like one I'll balances you. out the yeah, other. that's exactly it. Yeah. One bad thing is enough to kill you. So what kind of argument is that? Now, we do medicines with this, right? There's some good and bad. So let me look at you. There's a chance to improve your this and a chance to ruin that. But your kidney or your heart's good. I'm going to chance it, Carol. Do you want to chance it? Shall we do this experiment? But you know that little thing, well, they're not all bad. That's catchy, huh? Mm -hmm. Think about it. Think about it the next time I dose you with something where good for your heart, bad for your kidney. Oh, he killed you because of the kidney. Oh, but I improved her heart. Yeah, well, she's dead because of the kidney. That's yeah. another little catchy phrase which kind of suckers you into, well, they're not all bad. Yeah, great. Yeah. But don't worry. Don't worry. We, we fixed that one. They don't say that anymore. So with all this, 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 this so with all this information that we're learning from you today, that really, it, it makes a lot of sense to me, and perhaps it will to many of our listeners, will be like me and think, I've never really thought about this. So once we think about this and understand this, what do we do? What what do we? I like to leave our listeners with you know some action items or something they can they can do with this information, rather than just you know ponder it. Well, they're going to have to do that first to understand it and look some of these things up too. You know the Helsinki, the principles of the Helsinki Accord and the Nuremberg trial and the uh, yes. Cold War experiments. Cold War hearings. Yes. Yeah. Nineteen ninety four. First of all, like you said, convince yourself pretty much so that you can actually argue it. Trust me, you will have to argue this. Now, that's number one. Number two, how did we solve these things when horrible things were going on? Well, Nazi Germany didn't solve the Nazi doctors issue. Those guys were given medals. The Cold War hearings, when they actually occurred, they killed some guys from release of Serratia. But the courts pardoned them. What is the entity that's going to protect us? Uh, turns out that the most unethical trial was the Tuskegee syphilis trial, 
Say that, say that again. The Tuskegee syphilis trial, which went on for 40 years, they gave people syphilis. Never mind, just a horrible, unethical experiment. How was that fixed? The New York Times. U.S. Congress couldn't do it. The medical community couldn't do it. The legal guys couldn't do it. The New York Times, it raised the bar to people were outraged. I believe that a nation which promotes this kind of thing is going to have a lot of trouble policing itself fairly. That's obvious. I believe the media has to go. But there is something very important. We have a lot of allies already, Carol. Moms against Monsanto, all these people. And Mom, mom, moms across you, America. Mom, moms against yeah. Monsanto. Yeah, okay. Thousands of Zen honeycut. How yes. many times have people said, well, Zen, she's not a scientist. Zen, she's not a scientist. If I choose to not participate in your experimental trial, I don't really have to give a reason. I could just say, can you do it on somebody else first? I could say, well, you know what? My kid, they kind of get a lot of allergies, so can we not do this? Or if I enter their trial, can I pull out because my kid has a stomachache? You don't get to badger these people to say, well, you're not a scientist. Hey, you're an activist. Whatever reason they give on an individual basis is legit. Furthermore, Carol, I hate to remind, well, I didn't bring it up yet. Informed consent is given under confidential confidentiality. Mm. Otherwise, society might stigmatize them like we try to stigmatize moms across America. Oh, that's an activist. Well, that's a non-scientific person. What is the best, best, closest thing we have to confidential, informed consent, yeah, without coercion or enticement? Maui. We voted. We voted to moratorium these pesticides until they can be proven safe. The vote, confidential. Information, you had public campaigning and lots of buildup. Information, confidential vote. And whether Uncle Joe's job depended on it or not, in the privacy of a vote, you could say, yes, I know Uncle's job depends on it, but I'm worried about my kid. And you vote without stigmatization. Okay, that's as close as we could get to informed consent. And it was overturned in court. Hey, in the courts. Why? Did we even raise the issue of informed consent? No, we weren't allowed to. Did we raise the issue of health? No, we weren't allowed to. And the judge, I can quote you, the federal appeals judge says, oh, I wish I could do that health, you know, ethics stuff, all that sexy stuff. I'm just here to tell you that the county, the county doesn't have a say. That's not your authority to rule on pesticides. That's a federal or state issue. I'm just telling you who's in charge. Okay, I'll remember that. Because, you know, Nazi Germany, hmm, the doctor's trial. Did somebody say, well, I, I'm just trying to tell you who's in charge. It's not the Nazi counties. It's not the Nazi state. It's not the Nazi federal agencies. Or is it? Well, it's not the Internet. We're just going to figure out who's in charge. What's the issue? The issue is so important. I think uh, you should get right to the chase. Figure out who's in charge real quickly because this thing is really important, at least to me and many moms across America yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. So what what do you suggest, uh, very succinctly, what do you suggest listeners can do? When we go to the media, stop picking on activists or 
You oh. can refuse participation for whatever reason. Don't force people to say, well, you forced me to publicly say that. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to be stigmatized. Oh, he's one of these anti-science people. Uh, trust me, I'm not anti-science. Uh, I review science for the U.S. Congress. Oh, by the way, I speak as a private citizen. I'm a health officer for Maui County. But before that, I was a consultant for the World Health Organization, and I'm an active consultant for U.S. Congress on medical research. I'm not anti-science. But that doesn't enter your argument. I could be non-science. You don't get to say, you don't get to criticize my decision. Uh, first of all, you're not even supposed to know it. But you yeah. don't get to criticize it because I'm not science. Regarding the informed consent. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Otherwise, you've taken away the autonomy of the individual. The autonomy of the individual to be experimented on weak kind of important more important than gun rights either for or against it yeah now we're going to try to move this issue into the media i think somebody told the new york times guy to call me i don't care we could do it on the media on a grassroots level but um we're going to try a couple more i've been to the hague i'm going to go to another international group and that's that yeah. Uh, I don't know how we're going to move this, but it better be moved quickly well, before it, we it, all get. Yeah, it, and again, the, I think, you know, the media, I'm, you know, I am media, so I'm, I'm going to be getting this out, and yeah. hopefully others will. It, it's kind of like each one teach one. That's kind of my yes. theory. It's like you tell somebody somebody else, and they go, "Hey, I've never really thought about this." And they tell somebody else, and they tell somebody else, so on. It's, that's how we get things changed. Also, I've appealed to physicians if they have not done human experimentation, at least they read about it. All progress is eventually based on human experimentation. And what did some of my physician colleagues say? You know what, Peng? I'm so busy taking care of illness. I don't have time for this kind of stuff. Yes, you're right. I'm busy taking care of illness. Gee, I hate to think that some of their illness are because of the pesticides. I mean, I mean that's a little bit roundabout, right? And when you're taking care of illness with some experimental drug, do you get informed consent? Absolutely. Well, how about the release of this stuff? Oh, by the way, I'm going to study harm. You remember, we don't have to show harm. We don't have to show harm. But since you released it, I'm going to have to study harm. All right, I'm going to study harm. I need informed consent to, to go ask people, uh, how's your health? Confidentiality. I need informed consent to study something somebody didn't need informed consent to release. What a country, huh? Well, this is really great information, and uh, I hope our listeners will take this information and, and share it with others. And thank you, Dr. Pang, for being our guests today and shedding the light on this issue that um, is a you know it's more than an angle I, I can't even guess of uh, how we are being experimented on and we have not given our informed consent that's the bottom correct. line individual informed consent correct. right exactly so thank you again for being a guest today, and we'll, we'll get this out to as many people as possible. And thank you to our listeners, and we'll be back next week with another great show. Thank you. 